Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It shouldn't go without notice in every bit of media and social media today that an armed man was arrested near the home of Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice. That's the reporting. Now, we still don't have a ruling regarding Roe v. Wade. We still don't know whether or not this is going to be overturned. Although, if we believe the, 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 the leak, if we believe the leak that came out of uh, Samuel, uh, the leak of Samuel Alito's first draft, showing a 5-3 ruling overturning, it didn't show where Justice, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts was. We could see Roe v. Wade overturned, which does not end abortion in the United States. It simply becomes what it should be a states' rights issue. But they're already planning for violence. It's a constant conversation about the violence that could be taking place if this is overturned. And an armed man was arrested near Brett Kavanaugh's Maryland home. In his 20s, picked up on a nearby street, that according to Fox 5 out of Washington, D.C. The suspect's from California. He was carrying a gun and a knife, had made violent threats against Justice Kavanaugh. So, you can make an assumption someone was there to kill Supreme Court Justice. And you can make the argument that as we learn more about this story, you can make the argument that, well... I guess somebody got radicalized. Wasn't all the talk about Republicans, that's what got the Bernie bro to go out there and try and murder Congressman Steve Scalise and a host of others? It's only because Steve Scalise holds a position, the, the whip position in the House, that he had, to, he had a, a police presence. He was guarded by Capitol Police. It's the only reason. If he had not been there, no law enforcement would have been there. No one able to shoot back. Don't ever tell me that there's not a good guy with a gun. Steve Scalise, who was wounded, severe damage, had to battle back from it, is only alive, certainly because of medical science and medical care in the United States. And because two officers had the ability to fire back. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, great to be with you guys. That story needs to be discussed Again and again and again and again. Not only the story of Steve Scalise, but what we're finding here. What stories don't we know about? How'd the California guy get the firearm? Had the knife, you know, in case the gun didn't work? In case he could get close? Who knows? But no one's going to talk about knife violence in the United States. That's, that's not going to happen. No one is going to talk about knife violence in the United States. This was just some of the reporting uh, from NBC. Overnight, near the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, he was armed with a gun, a knife, and pepper spray, and told authorities that he was there to kill the justice. Now 
Okay, I guess we don't have to question it anymore, right? No more questioning. This is somebody who you can clearly look to the view, clearly look to people like Elizabeth Warren, look to people like Representative Eric Swalwell, and say, you radicalized this guy. You did this. You incited somebody to try and kill a Supreme Court justice. That's the way it is. That's how it works. We're one day away from the big January 6th committee. We already discussed it today. Incitement, 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 incitement. What else did Pete have to say? This is Pete Williams reporting from NBC. What else? Now, he was not arrested at the home of the justice. He was arrested nearby. Law enforcement officials tell us that the man actually arrived by taxi and was seen by uh, police and other law enforcement officials that were near the justice's house. So he was arrested, he was taken into custody. Um, It's a little unclear to us right now whether this case is gonna be handled by the Maryland State Authorities or by the U.S. Marshal Service, which provides security for uh, Supreme Court justices as well as other federal judges, or by the FBI. Um, But the man is said to be from California. Uh, He had said, he had told the police when he was arrested that he wanted to do this. Uh, But that's just about all we know right now. All we know right now is that he was radicalized. So when you see this playing out on social media feeds, or you don't, because why would they want to talk about how the leftists have radicalized somebody? Now, remember, I don't change my point of view for politics. People are responsible for their actions. The guy who tried to murder all those members of Congress is responsible for his actions. This guy is responsible for his actions. The people who went into the Capitol are responsible for their actions. But if we want to live in a society that wants to claim Trump did this and incitement that, well, then we're doing it across the board because if we don't, well then, well, what, what are we saying? We're saying it's all pol- political all the time, and they can make any claim they want, and you can't make any claim at all? No, 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 no. Bernie Sanders radicalized the guy to murder Republicans. And the people I just mentioned on the political left radicalized the guy to try and kill Supreme Court justice. Those are the rules. Don't blame me for playing by them. Speaking of rules... Because I, I actually, I, I mean, I, it's, I'm so bothered by, by this, I, and, I, and I wasn't actually planning on starting that way. I wanted to start with Governor Eric Holcomb, setting the date for when he's going to announce plans to combat inflation. He, he's got a plan. And, and, and the quote is, the plans are to tap into what we can afford. And that is what I will be seeking to do. We will be tapping into what we can afford, and I will have more details within the next couple of days. Certainly by Friday. So people are like, oh, Friday is going to have a plan. I don't, know, I don't know what the plan is. But I think there's a bigger question. Should there be a plan at all? So this has been a conversation about how to help Hoosiers in this economy. Massive inflation. Gas prices that are $5.24 a gallon statewide. $5.25 a gallon in Indianapolis. How does one help Hoosiers? That's the question. Now, Democrats said we should suspend the gas tax. 
And people agree and disagree about this. Suspend the gas tax, and then you're going to save Hoosiers 30-some-odd cents a gallon for people who are filling up twice a week. This could be a, a, a fair amount of money and could be helpful. I said, that's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Some people said, it's not going to actually do the job. It's not going to actually uh, go far enough. And also, you know, we've got a lot of people that come in from out of state. And, and well, you're not going to be gaining that revenue. Well, that doesn't 100% move me. It doesn't 100% move me if you're, you're, you're going to say that, you know, uh, uh, we, we can't get somebody else's money so we don't help people who live right here. That's, that's kind of odd. That's, that's, that's odd and peculiar and, 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 and awkward. But Republicans said, no, 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 we've, we've got another plan. And we're putting it together. Now, they don't have it yet because the governor spent time in Davos hobnobbing at the World Economic Forum when he should have been here working on this plan. That's an argument. You spent your time in Davos when you said, Hoosiers need help. We have to go help them. And the Democrats' plan to help them isn't good enough. We'll have a better plan. And people said, okay, he's going to take from the surplus and just like the automatic tax refunds, right? Because those are those are automatic. Those uh, were by law, the $125 a person. That, that's what happened there. And uh, maybe we'll do something like that. $6 billion surplus. And then you heard Democrats jumping on, this is what we should do, trying to cut off uh, uh, Holcomb at the pass and try and make it their idea. And what we said at the time was, could you stop playing politics with the lives of Hoosiers? Could you stop playing politics with their lives and just help them? So now we'll see a plan on Friday. I have no idea what it is. The question before us is, should there be a plan at all? Should we be looking to the state of Indiana to get Hoosiers out of this mess? Now, I could speak about this in a rather petty way. Should Hoosiers who voted for Joe Biden actually be helped out of this mess? You voted for this. You voted for this. Why in the world do I have to help you? Why do I have to do anything for you? Doesn't make any sense. Does not make any sense at all. Maybe you should learn not to vote for this. But I've made another argument. People voted not to have Trump. They were tired of mean tweets. and They were tired of the insanity. They wanted everything to slow down. They didn't vote for this. They voted based on, and, and, and they did it on a motion, which is a terrible way to vote. You don't vote on a motion. Control yourselves, everybody. If you vote on a motion, you're doing it wrong. Learn how to handle yourself. Take a deep breath. See a therapist. Do whatever it is you got to do. Look inside. You don't vote on emotion. You vote on how you move a nation forward. You vote on how you move a state forward, how you move, move a municipality forward. And it doesn't mean you like the person. You're not voting for a boyfriend or a husband. You're not voting for a wife or a spouse. Get over yourself. You're voting for what's better for you and your family. 
and what's better for America. That's why you vote. Voting for policy, not people. People who can implement policy, yes, fighters, we certainly like that. But good gosh. Trump was just so mean. Mean, but gas was not $5.25 a gallon. Checkmate. And if you say to me, yeah, but well, no, 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 no. You can't afford to go out to dinner because you won't spend the money to drive there. It was better under Trump, end of list. I, I don't even think we're in the debate category at this stage of the game. But these people didn't vote for the insanity that they see. They didn't vote thinking of the insanely progressive ideas and ideals of Joe Biden and this party that so uh, push away and eschew actual energy policy. They, 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 they didn't do that. They didn't, they didn't push for that. They didn't want that. They didn't actually vote for a guy who um, so opposed an energy policy while in 2006 screaming, we don't have an energy policy. Um, With oil prices, uh, we were at our conference lunch today and someone said, you know, oil is going to go to $4 a gallon. And Senator Boxer sitting next to me said, it's already $4 a gallon in my hometown in California. Well, um, it is well over $3 a gallon in most of our uh, in most of our constituencies. And, uh, um, and we're paying uh, that money, in my view, because we lack an energy policy. So that was uh, 2006, 2022. The man still doesn't have an energy policy. That should have warned you. So we're in this situation. And of course, I started by asking, do the people who voted for Biden deserve to get off the hook? And the answer is, that's not a good question because it still affects other people. Other people are affected. But it doesn't change my start question. Is this the role of government? And I have to answer no, because it's not the role of government. If you say to me, should the people get back their tax dollars? I will say to you, hell yes, they should. You will never get me to say no to the idea of people getting their money back. $6 billion surplus belongs to Hoosiers. I don't mind them getting back some of it or all of it. No issue. So I'll always favorite the question is, should people be looking at governments to say, hey, you have to pay us off you have to uh, reduce this or that to make it easier i don't think that's it i think that we need to have policy conversations i think we need to vote on policy i think we need to be stronger in that regard we need to learn these lessons turning to government frightens me Oh, there's a problem. Don't worry. Government will take care of it. Yeah. I, I, have, I have real trepidation on that one. Real issues with that one. So I don't know what Holcomb's going to do. I do know this. Waiting till Friday, whenever he does this, 
The knock on him is going to be if you had not been in Davos, hobnobbing, which is the only way to describe it, um, you could have been here helping. It's amazing how many people forget how where the, the real important optics are, which is, are you actually doing the job? Or are you seen as not caring? I think uh, Governor Holcomb, the longer he waits, it'll be seen as, oh, you had time for them, just not us. And I'm not even saying he should do anything. Time for them and not us, man, that's a, that's a bad spot for a politico to be in. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So in California, they oust the district attorney of San Francisco, Chase Budin. Bowdoin? B-O-U-D-I-N? I can never pronounce it right. It was a three-to-two margin, 60% of the vote. Uh, they took him out. This is the progressive whose family was parts of the Weather Underground, a terrorist organization. It's where he comes from. Embraces all these left-leaning philosophies uh, about uh, justice. And what they saw in San Francisco was people defecating on the streets. They saw rampant crime. They saw violence. They saw thefts go uh, un- untouched. They left their trunks open in their cars. See, see, we don't have anything in here. Please don't rob us. Please don't break anything. And they voted to recall him. He's out. The gov- Not the governor, the mayor, London Breed. She will appoint somebody new. And what did he say that night after losing? This is a movement, not a moment. Part of our national movement understands we can never incarcerate our way out of poverty. What the hell? That's not even an argument. He doesn't understand that he's the problem. He doesn't understand that his policies are terrible policies. As a tech entrepreneur, Bram Cohen wrote... It isn't, uh, it's liberal San Franciscans recalling a liberal DA because he sucks at his job. Chase recalls being portrayed as a debate about approaches to criminal justice. It isn't. Now, if you want to keep approaching things with this idea that you don't take criminals where you've, in, they've engaged in a crime and you have the proof of the crime and they don't go to jail, but rather, well, you know, because of skin color or because of economics, because of something else, we're, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We've proven it doesn't work. We've proven it. I mean, they also nominated a Republican to a runoff race in the Los Angeles mayor's race. I don't know what's going on in California, but could get really interesting. Could Don't know if it will. I'm Tony Katz. It was the senator from Massachusetts. Nope, not Massachusetts, Michigan. Can't blame me for getting those things confused. Those senators are, are very much alike. Elitists who have absolutely no understanding that the things they don't seem to care about affect you, me, and we greatly. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure. It was Debbie Stabenow, the senator from Michigan, who wanted you to know that, that, she, that she got herself a, 
She got herself a, a real nice electric vehicle. Oh, it's super, super nice. Oh, you're going to love it. And she was able to drive from Michigan to D.C., and she was able to pass by all of those gas stations, and not a problem, not a big deal. She she didn't have to stop once, and when she looked at all those high gas prices. I do have to say, just on the issue of uh, uh, gas prices, after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle, I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station. It didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets. How, Lord forbid we care about markets and all those evil gas companies. The average cost for an electric vehicle in the United States is $57,000. $57,000. But now there's a bigger question. When you read the story as reported by Reuters, U.S. Midwest in danger of rotating power blackouts this summer. Michigan, uh, some may consider in the Midwest. And then... You read Sterling Burnett back in middle of May. Grid operators expect more outages. Sterling Burnett joins us right now. Dr. Burnett is director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy, managing editor of Environment and Climate News, and is a is a part of the group over there at heartland.org. Uh, and whether you're talking about this Reuters article or what you have, have been writing about, it's very hard to charge an electric vehicle if there is no electricity flowing because of rolling brownouts and, and blackouts. Uh, talk to me about what it is that the Midwest can be expecting. Well, it's not just the Midwest. You know, if, if, if we're on the Midwest, the Democrats would ignore it because that's flyover country. True enough. Um, true enough. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, California has rolling blackouts every summer. Uh, they warn of it every summer. They, uh, uh, Texas has recently had its experience with blackouts. And uh, they always point to, oh, it's an aging grid, or they say, oh, it's not, not up to the challenge of climate change. Well, uh, <laughs> It is an aging grid. Let's be clear. Uh, we have a, an aging grid. We, we're not building. We haven't built enough new transmission. But that's not why the power is failing. Uh, the power is failing, and even the story that uh, I read this morning admits they've been closing power plants, and not just any power plants. Baseload power plants that provide power 24 hours a day. Coal-fueled power plants. Nuclear power plants. The ones that serve as the basis for the entire electric grid to work properly are being closed, and they're being replaced with what? Wind that depends, you know, wind turbines that depend on the wind cooperating, and solar that depends on the sun being out, so don't, don't worry about nighttime. Um, <laughs> you had a, an electric power grid in this country designed uh, by engineers over 100 years, and now it's being redesigned by politicians who aren't engineers, and we're having to pray to the gods to keep the, the lights on. It's, now, it needs to be understood, and, uh, sir, so talking to Dr. Sterling Burnett. Cars, I'd be interested. I'd hold be on interested. one second. Hold on one second, sir. Let me, make, let, me, let me jump in right here real quick. Uh, one of the conversations uh, that is taking place, as you brought up, and I want to make sure we, we 
we go back to this. There have been forced closings of power plants, not based on whether or not the plant provides power, but based on how it provides power and it, as you're discussing, not matching up politically. So in this climate, as we are seeing more and more people push electric cars and General Motors wants to be all electric cars and Volvo's going to be all electric cars and dear Lord, GM is going to make an electric Corvette, which I still don't understand how I'm supposed to get excited about what the Corvette is supposed to bring and, and, and supposed to feel like. This is, as you describe, politically planned. Do they not recognize that this doesn't work for society? Or, as many people like to discuss, this is the plan. Force people into the green mentality, whether they like it or not, for their own good. Well, this, that's exactly what it is. They're, they're trying to follow Europe's model. And in Europe, they've already had the experience their gas, their their fuel prices, their electricity prices have doubled and tripled. They have the highest in the world. Um, they're shutting down factories. People are being put out of work. They're having riots in the streets, and people can't heat their homes and cool their homes. And it's all to save the earth. They're telling you, you must wear a hair shirt. And so in America, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They're saying, we want to lower your energy prices. We're Biden says, I'm fighting every day to lower your energy prices, and then he's passing policies that precisely do the opposite, that increase energy prices and make energy more unreliable. And then they're trying to blame it, as she did, on, on energy companies. Look, she says, oh, I drove past all those gas stations. It's 721 miles from Michigan to D.C. You know what? She didn't do that on a single charge. I'll guarantee you. She took at least four days to make that trip that could be made in a day in a gasoline-powered vehicle because she had to stop to charge that vehicle, and she didn't charge it in 30 minutes. She charged it overnight, multiple times. So that's what she didn't talk about. She didn't get any gas, but she sure didn't make the trip in one day that could be easily made in a day. Talking to Dr. Sterling Burnett, director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy, and he's over there at Heartland Institute, heartland.org. Uh, to your article, sir, and, and you brought it up earlier, you bring up the idea of baseload of power and how uh, large-scale power grids consist of two different segments. You've got baseload power and you have peaking uh, power. So uh, if you would, I'd ask you for a definition on both of those. And I'm not somebody who opposes solar or wind. I'd love to see it work. The point is, is that it doesn't uh, work. Is the, or, or am I wrong? Is there either one of those things that could provide you baseload or peaking power? They can provide power, but they can't supply either of those. They can't, Not reliably. So baseload power is the amount of power for, for a power grid to work, you have to have a fairly constant amount of power flowing through it 24 hours a day to meet minimum demand. And if it dips below that, the power grid starts to fail because you have to keep the system running with constant power. So you can't rely on wind or solar to provide baseload power because they ramp up and down very quickly as, the, as, as, as gusts of wind blow or die off or the whole you know wind goes dead as the sun goes down or clouds pass over so you have to have power sources it doesn't have to be coal or natural gas but they happen to be the dominant ones or nuclear 
but you have to have some power source that provides a constant flow of power you can count on. And if you're adding wind and solar, that regulates the power flowing from them so it's constant. That's baseload power. Peaking power is, okay, during the winter in Minnesota, you've suddenly got a spike in demand because of the cold. So you bring on power plants that are sitting there idle or running at less than peak efficiency. You ramp them up to provide that extra power needed. In the summer in Texas, that's when you need it. When people turn on their air conditioners, you need peaking power. Typically, that's natural gas because you can store natural gas and then flick a switch and turn it on. They can ramp up in five minutes. You know what you can't is go to the sun and say, shine some more. You can't go out and start blowing on those wind turbines, hoping they'll pick up speed and provide more power when you need it at peaking power. So they can't be relied upon for either of the two needs for the power system. They They provide supplementary power is what they do. And their supplementary power is closing baseload and peaking power plants. And they're not so now here we the are. cost of that. If so a, now if here we are in, in, in this situation. Here we are Word. with the, 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 the closing of some of, of uh, the, the, these plants. Right. Or, or, or and therefore we're going to have rolling blackouts. Now I lived in California for a few years. I will tell you th- this was uh, back uh, in in twenty uh, twenty ten through twenty fourteen, or actually two thousand eight. It doesn't matter. It was six years. Uh, I had some fun. I live in Indiana now. It's much better. Uh, the, the question before us is: I never actually felt a rolling blackout. It never happened to me. I never once had a moment where my power was shut uh, shut down. When they talk about rolling blackouts, do they discuss how they work? Is there a time certain? Is it only 30 minutes here? Is it an hour there? And, and how, how do, uh, when, when politicos are asked about this, and, and you're asking about this, your organization's asking about this, looking into this, how are they responding to, yeah, well, that just has to be the, the, the way it is in order to get to our ideological desires? Like, don't they feel that pressure? Well, the problem is politicos lie about it. They say it has nothing to do with them shutting down power plants or or adding wind and solar. (laughs) They say it has to do with, oh, the grid's aging. We just need to rebuild it. Oh, it's those evil companies that are trying to make more money. Look at their profit. They they say, oh, look at their profits. Well, yeah, when natural gas prices go up uh, and you're a natural gas company, you're making more money. But it's not. That was that's. Politics, shutting down the gas supply, making there's still high demand, but there's low supply. That's supply and demand. And they blame the companies, and they blame the grid, and they don't blame themselves. So they just forced it off. And the problem is we've raised generation, a couple of generations of people that have no sense of history. They don't realize like you do that, gosh, I grew up in a time when there were no rolling blackouts. We had plenty of energy. Right. Um, now, the, the, the group... I, I grew up in Texas. I won't say we never had black. I thought that they were after storms. You know, we get hurricanes here. We get tornadoes. We lost power. <laughs> but we never lost power in the winter because it was cold, in my experience, until last year. And that's because wind turbines and solar stopped working. The, the mid-continent independent system operator, which runs the, the grid in the Midwest... 
the, there was a discussion about what people can do. Uh, it, it, it and its member utilities have trained for worst-case scenarios this summer and are prepared to take actions to maintain grid reliability. Those actions include, according to Reuters, urging homes and businesses to conserve energy, limiting power plant and transmission line maintenance during heat waves, and if necessary, imposing rotating blackouts. So their answer is, we know it's coming, so you don't turn on your air conditioning in the peak of the day. That is absolutely what they're going to tell people. The energy you demand and you pay for. And, and, And importantly, the energy companies, the power companies are not blameless in this. They used to fight wind and solar because they made their money producing power. But you know what? They paid off their power plants, so they, were st- they stopped making money on the, uh, the returns on the capital cost of those. And they got tired of filing, fighting politicians, and they said, you know what? They give us cost plus 15% returns on every new power plant we build. So we'll just go along and get along. Let's pay. Let's say, oh, we're going to. Clean up the environment. We're going to do what's good for the environment. We're going to close down all our coal fuel power plants if you'll allow us to build all this wind and solar. Okay? So we, we sanction them to build wind and solar and close down coal power plants, and they're making money hand over fist because the utility uh, regulators in each state gives them cost plus. Typically, they make 15% on every capital investment. That's pretty good return. So you'll build if, – if a politician wants you to build wind and solar, you'll build wind and solar because you can make a lot of money off of it, more than you were making off your reliable plant that you'd already paid off. Sterling Burnett, Dr. Burnett at heartland.org, the Heartland Institute. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz. fact that they keep hitting new highs. Are there new initiatives, new policy proposals that your team is working through right now that could possibly have an effect or that you could roll out in the weeks ahead if prices continue where they've been? So everything's on the table, as you heard us you heard us say the last couple of weeks. But I do want to say, you look, you know, if you look at um, uh, what happened when Putin started amassing troops on the border with Russia, the price of gas has increased by a dollar and fifty-one cents. You can try and sell America on that all you want. Putin price hike doesn't work. It's Biden's policies. The World Bank, they're slashing their global growth forecast at 2.9%, and they're warning of stagflation. They're letting you know this is all coming. The Fed, they're not putting a happy face on any of this. Look, I, I don't know how to, to, to best say it. I, I almost feel bad that, that we keep going over it. Uh, bad economic times ahead, and the White House is just lying to your face. Lying to your face. Let me give you a piece of good news out of this. Oddly enough, comes from Michigan. I'm... I'm Surprised. High school students in Michigan will soon be guaranteed a personal finance course before they graduate. It was um, the House of Representatives passing House Bill 5190, a 94 to 13 vote, and then went through it because it already passed the Senate in, in back in May, 35 to 2. 
Mandates personal finance education at the high school level. Now, we used to call this home economics. You know how important this is? This is the way out. Teach kids how to balance a checkbook. Teach kids how to budget. Teach kids to understand you can't spend more than you take in. Understand what debt is. Understand what debt costs. Understand the difference between good debt and bad debt going down the line. Everything, this is everything we have been missing. It is the 14th state, Michigan's the 14th state to mandate this. What's so interesting is that if you talk to people of a different generation, well, of course they did this. You talk to people of a different generation, of course they had this. I consider this uh, pretty good stuff. Florida and Georgia have uh, this this legislation. Indiana. I can't. You have to legislate it. Just do it. Just, just teach kids how to be smart for the love of the Lord. Everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.